0: you all okay? Yes. Yes, yes, yes we are. I said last week it's still very, very weird just locking out onto a sea of um, masks and not seeing much response there. So as much as you can respond during the preach or singing or whatever it is, even though we're limited in our voices, it helps. It helps each other. It helps us just to be able to worship together. We're going to go straight in this morning. We're in Luke chapter 8, which is page 865. If you've got one of our church Bibles, young ones, just pick up your uh, resource packs and give them away to me just to make sure that you've got them. And you can see where we're going, your resource packs. So in there, there's some colouring, there's activities to do. Thanks, Karis, you've got uh, your boulder one there. Uh, listen out for the key words as we go along. There's words written at the bottom of that sheet that you need to listen to uh, as you go around, uh, along and just tip those off as uh, as you go. Adults. That would be fun for you to do as well, to be fair, wouldn't it? It would give me a bit of just assurance that you're listening, but I'm sure that you will. And I'm sure that you will listen as we go along. Um, uh, Andy's already introduced us to what we're doing this morning. We are the second week into a four-week series, looking at this one story, homing in on this one story that's found in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's this story of Jesus calming the storm. And specifically, we are looking at how Jesus helps us make sense Of the storms in our lives, which we said last week all of us face. Like none of us are immune to the difficulties we face in life. And we often call these difficulties storms. We all face struggles. We all face difficulties in life. And specifically, we all experience something emotionally in the midst of those storms. We all experience emotional struggle. Last week we saw that Jesus helps us. Specifically, he helps us. Last week, we saw by being present in our storms. Jesus is, is present in our storms. And that reality helps us to move away from a place of fear to a place of faith. And that place of faith, folks, gives us hope. Next week, we're going to look at the reality that Jesus brings us help in the storm. The week after, we're going to round things out, looking at how Jesus brings purpose to us. In the storm. This morning, we're going to look at this: how Jesus speaks in the storm. Jesus' voice in the storm is real. So that's that's right, mate. Storm, yeah, he's got it. It's like um, Bible bingo. Um, okay, let's read this together. Luke chapter eight, verses twenty-two to twenty-five. It's just talking about Jesus. where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this? That he commands even winds and water. And they obey I've got a hair in my mouth. There we go. I've got it. Um, just a few weeks before lockdown, there a few of us went to the parks, from TC went to the parking lot, and a bit of a kick around. Ryan was playing football with Micah. Do you remember this Micah? Just before we went into lockdown, a lovely summer's day, having a bit of a kick around. Uh, Ryan came up to me and he was quite alarmed, quite confused uh, in that he told me that uh, him and Micah were playing football and they were playing this game to see how high they could kick the ball into the air. And they were kicking it, hoofing it as high as they could up, up into the air. And Micah was was impressed with Ryan's efforts. He was getting it quite high, but he said to Ryan, good, but it's not quite as good as my dad. See, my dad, this one time, he kicked the ball so high. Where did it go? Into the clouds. Into the clouds. That's how high it went. And Ryan was a little bit disappointed. He couldn't get it as, as high as his dad. Um, the reality for Micah is he did actually think I kicked it into the clouds. And he's quite impressed that his dad can do that. In fact, if I was to ask Gideon, who is the strongest person that you know? God. After God. <laughs> After God, who is the strongest person that you know? He's going to say his mum, isn't he? Titus! "Titus!" (laughs) This isn't going how I found it all. Well, for Micah, the strongest person that he knows, he's going to help in a sermon, I'm he goes, is who? Oh Oh, man, this is not working. It's me, Micah, it's me! The strongest person that Micah knows after God, after Titus, it's me. And and so he really did believe that I kicked the ball into the clouds. Actually, my kids have this frame of reference where they don't know as many people as maybe we do, and they genuinely believe that I am the cleverest person that they know, I am the biggest person that they know, I am the strongest person that they know, I am the most powerful person that they know. That's just what they believe to be true. And because they believe that to be true most of the time, not so much this week, but most of the time, because they believe that I am the most powerful person they know, they listen to what I say. If I ask them to do something, they listen. And there's a deep truth in there, folks, for us, that actually we listen to those that have power to influence our lives. Isn't that true? We listen to those who have power to influence our lives. Think of, think of B J. Boris Johnson. How much power he has over us as a people. How much have we been listening to him, lapping up every word over the last few months. We do that because he has power to influence our lives. Folks, the reality in our storms is that there are a chorus of voices seeking to influence how we feel and how we, how we respond in the midst of those storms. A chorus of different voices telling us what is true. Or what they say to be true. My hope is this morning, just in the next few moments, that when we are in the storms, we will learn to listen to the voice of Jesus. More than any other voice, we will listen to his voice. The only voice that is powerful enough to move us from a place of fear to a place of faith. And whether we listen to him or not, in the midst of the storms is an issue, firstly, of control. As Andy told us the story there, you'll, you'll notice in Luke's account, Luke tells us that the boat was filling with water. You see that in verse 23? The boat fills with water and for the disciples that spelt out danger. It's dangerous for two reasons. If the boat starts filling with water, number one, they're no longer focusing on where they're going. They're focused on bailing out the water, trying to get all this water out of the boat. The second reason it causes danger is that it's almost impossible to steer a boat when it's filled with water. What happens in those moments is the storm takes over. The storm takes control of the boat. The disciples are no longer in control of where it is going and how it is heading. The storm has taken on control. And can't we relate to that? Can't we relate to that? That when storms come in our life, when we, when we feel sickness, when we have bills to play, when, when there's problems at work, when we have too much work to do, when we have unruly children, when we are battling with different types of addiction, so often it feels like it feels like we're out of control. Like someone else is controlling what's going on here. I wonder if you've ever come across black ice, either walking on it or cycling on it or driving on it. It's scary stuff. I, I came into a bit of an encounter a number of years ago. I was driving on the M62 and it all looked fine. Just drove onto it. The problem is with black ice is you can't see it coming. Drove straight onto it and the car just went out of control and all of the guidance, all of the advice is steer into the, well, I don't know what, which way it is but steer into one way or another and he knows um, and I tried all of that but nothing worked the ice just took me wherever it wanted to take me and I was out of control Folks, like so often in our storms it feels like that, doesn't it? like we just can't direct where we want to go it feels like chaos anyone relate to that? Storms of life feel like chaos. It's interesting that in the Bible, uh, uh, the, the seas were, were um, uh, kind of a sign for chaos. You see that back in Genesis and in, in creation. So often the storms are bigger than us. And it makes us feel like we're out of control. That is the case for us so often. It was the case for the disciples here, like we read in, in Luke chapter eight. They felt like they were out of control because the storm was bigger than they were. And they lost control, and so they went down into the bottom of the boat. They woke Jesus up. Jesus wakes from his sleep, and then in verse twenty-four it says, "This he rebuked the wind and the raging seas, and they ceased." Jesus wakes up, rebukes the wind and the seas, and they stopped. Just take that in again. See the, the story that we read. We had a, a, a hands raised last week for how many of us have heard the story? Most of us have heard it before. The problem is when you keep hearing the stories, you become conditioned to what you're hearing. Listen to that again. Jesus spoke over the wind and the seas, and they stopped. That is incredible. So often, when we hear stories like this, the miraculous wears off, doesn't it? Jesus stands and commands the elements of nature to stop in their tracks, and they do. Folks, that is not normal. Don't hear the story. Don't hear Andy acting out and think, oh, that's just a nice story. This is quite normal. That is not normal. What Jesus did there was not normal. No normal man can do that. But that is the point, isn't it? He's not a normal man. The man in the bow we said last week is a man but he is also God. And the disciples know that this is normal. At the end of verse 25, look down, they say this. Who then is this? that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. He told the wind and the waves to stop. Kids, put your hand up. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to stop the rain or stop the wind? No? No, of course you haven't. Because that's not what normal people do. The man in the midst of the storm is God. He's just proved his divine power and showed to the disciples that the storm that they are in might be out of their control, but it is not out of his control. In fact, the storm is under his control. Everything he has created, we saw this last week in the catechism, everything that he has created must submit to his authority. So let me ask us this morning, if Jesus can command the wind and the waves to be still, do you not think that he can bring peace in the chaos of your storm? There is no storm that's too big for God to handle. Do you believe that this morning? Are you fully convinced of that this morning? There is no storm that is too big for Jesus to handle. If you do not believe that, then it is unlikely that you will listen to his voice in the midst of the storm. So my hope is that we will see Jesus clearly this morning. And we will see him as Lord of all. We will see him as the greatest ruler in all of the universe. The greatest authority in all of the universe. That we will be convinced, absolutely convinced, that there is nothing in this universe that is outside of his control and should not submit to his authority. The wind and the waves submit to his authority. The disciples submit to his authority. And maybe it's time this morning that we did the same. Do you know in verse twenty-five how the disciples responded when Jesus calmed the storm? How do they react? Luke tells us they were afraid. What were they afraid of? Well, the storm's gone. So, what are they afraid of? Jesus. They're afraid of Jesus. But the fear that they feel in that moment is different. The fear that they feel in that moment. The fear that they experience isn't a fear of death. It's a good fear. It's a fear that actually the Bible commands of all of us. It's a fear that has them marveling. Did you read that? They marveled at Jesus. That means that they were in awe of him. It's a fear that every single one of us will experience when we recognize Jesus for who he is. Lord of all. Proverbs 9 verse 10, you might have heard this before, says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Do you want to understand your fears? Do you want wisdom to fight against your fears? Then we need to learn to fear God. See, it's interesting. This series is called Fear to Faith. Part of the journey from coming from a place of fear to faith is actually learning to be more fearful. We're not fearful of the storm. And the right fear of God, seeing him as Lord of all, recognizing his awesome power. And this fear that we are we are being told to, to sit under, this isn't a fear that brings worry, it's not a fear that brings anxiety. A right fear of God actually brings peace in the midst of the storms. Because to know Jesus, folks, is to know that He is Lord in our storms. And to know that when you're struggling, when you are in the midst of the storm, to know that Jesus is Lord is to know that I don't have to be. I don't have to be in control. To know that Jesus is Lord in the midst of the storm is to be free from the crushing pressure and the fearfulness that comes with trying to rule ourselves, trying to control ourselves, trying to control other people and the circumstances around us. Whereas Andy told us a few minutes ago, to do that, that takes faith. It takes faith take our eyes off the realities of our struggle, to lift our heads and to see Jesus in the midst of our storms, to believe in that moment that he is Lord and Lord of all, to believe that he is bigger than our circumstances. That takes faith. Faith, as we learned just a minute ago, is about trust. It's about confidence in Jesus. And the faith that we have comes as a gift, comes as a gift to us you're saved this morning, if you're a Christian this morning, the faith faith that you have was given to you at, at the moment that you were saved. You were given a gift of faith from God. Faith to put confidence in Jesus. Specifically to put your confidence in the finished work of the cross. Confidence that you are a sinner. You are a sinner and outside of God you have no hope. Your sin stands against you, accuses you rightly and condemns you before God. In the moment that you are saved, you are given faith that Jesus, Jesus' death on the cross has made payment for that sin fully. Made full payment for your sin and his resurrection from the grave has brought you into the family. We now belong to God. We are brought into his family and we will live with him for all of eternity. That is guaranteed for you. If you are a Christian, hear me this morning, you have faith. You have it. It's been given to you. You are also being called to walk by it. It's been given as a gift, but we are called to walk by it. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says it like this. We live by faith and not by sight. Faith isn't something that we just get given and then we kind of put it to one side. No, he says we need to live by this. We live by faith. If you are a Christian this morning, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, even if you don't feel it in this moment... You have it. You have faith. Look down again at verse 35. As Jesus turns to the disciples, what does he say to them? He doesn't say, he doesn't say, you don't have any faith. Guys, you have no faith. That isn't what he says, is it? What does he say? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Guys, where is your confidence in me? In this moment, in the middle of the storm... Where is your confidence? You have faith. It should be here that in this moment. It should be locked on me in the midst of your storm. But it's not. Did the disciples have faith? Folks, they've just left their families. They've just given up their jobs to follow Jesus. Yes, they do. They have faith. But right now, any faith they do have is being directed in their own ability. Their own ability to get themselves out of this storm. That is where their faith is directed before they turn to Jesus. This is really helpful for us because from last week, remember, who's in, who's in that boat? We have Peter, James, John and Andrew and what is their profession? Fishermen. Four fishermen in this boat. This situation that they're in would not have been unfamiliar to them. We heard last week that, that often you would go out and it would be calm on the waters and these storms would come from nowhere like they would have experienced this before. They would have gone out in the dead of night, gone fishing before, and a storm would have whipped up. They would have been in a boat where water was coming over the side. They know what this is. They would have been in this situation dozens of times. They would have been used to it, navigating it, getting their way through it, using their experience and their own abilities to find their way out. They they knew what this this storm was. They had experienced it before and found, found their way out. But not this time. Nothing they are trying will bring them what they need in this situation. Remember, they are afraid and nothing they have done is bringing them peace. See, one of the things I'm seeing in my own life and I think we're all seeing in all of our lives at the moment is that we are in the midst of a storm, a global storm. Isn't that right? Every single one of us is in the same boat. It's a huge boat that takes in every single person in the world. We're all traveling this boat at the moment and we're caught in this storm. And I don't know about you, But we're struggling to find peace. Previously, as we've kind of come across different struggles, many of us, we've been able to find our way through. Find our way through. Use our experience. Use our life skills. Use our own abilities. Use our intellect. Use our emotional resilience to find our way out of this storm. But not this time. We've exhausted our experience. We've exhausted our life skills. We've exhausted all of our own power. And we are finding anything we have is not enough. And the fact that we can't fix it. The fact that we can't fix this storm that went. And I'm not talking about finding a vaccine. I'm talking about trying to find peace in the midst of this pandemic. The fact that we can't find peace is sending a lot of us to a place of fear. Whole world like never before has an opportunity to see that the boat that we are in will sink. Unless we have faith in God. If we have faith in ourselves to navigate out of the storms, we will sink. Because we are not created to find peace outside of God. We need Him. And if you don't know Him this morning, you need Him. You need to put your faith in Jesus this morning, not just faith to get you out of this pandemic. But faith in Jesus, who's able to save you from your sin. Jesus can't be in the boat with you. If you are walking as a sinner outside of God, Jesus cannot be in this boat with you to help you. Your first need is to be saved from your worst enemy, which is sin and death. Put your faith in him. And he will remove the barrier which stops him being with you in the midst of a storm. If you're a Christian here this morning, let me remind you again, you... Have faith. You're following Jesus. You've been given faith. The question for us this morning, if we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, is this are we walking in it? Are we walking in the faith that we've been given? And let's be clear faith isn't just a feeling. Like, hands up, how many of us have got the central heating on at the moment at home? There's no. Yeah. Harriet, what's the matter with you? Top to about. Oh, most of us normal human beings can turned on the central heating because it's freezing in our homes and freezing outside so often we think of faith like central heating we think that we can just flick it on and off or we have like this spiritual thermostat that if things get, get really bad it will just naturally rise on its own and the thermostat clicks on with faith and, and we're given the faith that we need in the midst of the storm that isn't how faith works folks isn't just this autopilot that when you find yourself in a great place of need, it just kicks in automatically. Faith is an activity, it is something that we are to exercise. And fundamentally, it is a response to truth. Jesus question that he asked the disciples where is your faith could be rephrased like this? Why are you not taking your faith and applying it to the situation? Why aren't you taking what you know to be true about me and applying it to this situation? And he reminded us, the disciples have seen his authority, haven't they? They've seen his power already. If you're with us in the Sermon on the Mount, the last verse in the Sermon on the Mount is what? They saw him teaching with authority and they marveled. They know that Jesus has power. They know that he has authority, but they are allowing the storm that they are in to control them instead of truth. Last week, we touched on the, the many ways that the storms can affect us emotionally and mentally. Depression, anxiety, low moods, feelings of hopelessness and despair, panic. Jesus never promises to remove the storm. And we're going to see why that is the case in the next few weeks. But he always promises hope. He always promises hope in the storm. And that hope comes from what we know to be true. Let's get practical as we close things up. If you are a Christian, you need to remind yourself remind yourself of what you believe and know to be true about Jesus. Do that. And please don't just hear this as like, yeah, let's go away and think about this. Do it. Remind yourself of what you know to be true about Jesus and see how it changes how you feel. Remember last week that, that the change that we want to see starts as what we know and then goes to what we feel and then affects what we do. So if you're contending with emotional pain right now, remind yourself of what you know to be true about Jesus. And don't just sit and wait for kind of that magical, spiritual thermostat to kick in of faith. Remind yourself of truth and allow that truth to stir your confidence, stir your faith in Jesus. Can I just say as well, we can't just magical truths about God either. We can't just flick a button and and say, okay, let's let's just bring to mind everything we know to be true about God. We need to know the truth of Jesus, which is found in here. We can't just kind of flick that button. It's found in here. It's Jesus' voice that we want to hear in the storm. It's his voice that makes all the difference in the storm. And it's in here that he speaks. It's in here, folks, that we see Jesus' power and his authority. It's in here that we learn to fear him more and fear our storms less. We will not be able to walk by faith in the storms unless we are reminding ourselves of who God is. And that requires activity. And our faith is stirred by truth. I've used this quote before, it's so helpful, I'll use it again. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, We must talk truth to ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to talk truth to us. We must talk truth to ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to talk truth to us. What he's saying is this. There are loads of voices, like we said before, in the storm, lots of voices telling us, speaking to us, different voices telling us their own version of truth. The world, our flesh, and the devil will all tell us what the best way out of the storm is. They will all tell us what's going to happen in the future. They will tell us how we should be feeling. And a lot of what they are telling us, folks, we need to know our, our lives. For the disciples, think about them. The voices they are listening to in the storm are telling them that the situation is out of control. Telling them that they are going to die. Telling them that Jesus doesn't care. And none of that was true. Some of us need to stop listening. Stop listening to the hopeless voices that are speaking to you in the midst of the storm and start talking true to ourselves and telling ourselves what to do. Jesus' voice is more powerful than any other voice we can listen to in the storm. So listen to it. Listen to the voice of Jesus. Listen to the voice of Jesus because we are seeing that he has more power and authority than anyone else. Listen to the voice of Jesus because we're going to see in the next couple of weeks only he knows what is in the future. And listen to the voice of Jesus. And this is so important Listen to the voice of Jesus in the midst of your storm because he understands. He understands. And one of my wrestles as I've been preparing this series is that I know that so much of your experience, I won't be able to relate to it. I want to lead us through this, but I can't relate to a lot of it. How many of us have been in a struggle, have been in a storm, and people have, have a good, like, with good intentions come alongside us and say, oh, I know how you feel. And our our reaction inside is, you haven't got a clue how I feel. And immediately we just tune off. We think I'm not going to listen to what they say. They don't know how I feel. Folks, Jesus does. Jesus knows how you feel. He's been through suffering and emotional pain. What's the the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. He knows what it is to lose a friend. Think of the emotional turmoil of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He understands he has gone through the whole of human experience, but without sin. He knows what it is to lack money. He knows what it is to feel isolated. He knows the irritations of family life. He knows what it is to lose a loved one. Karis, he knows what it is to be a teenager. For all of the struggles and the pressures to be around you as a teenager. He knows the constraints of hard work. He knows what it is to be tired. He knows what it is to be exhausted. He knows what it is to have crushing expectation on his shoulders. He knows what it is to be in the storm, all the way to the worst of human experience. Accusations, pain, and death. He knows. He knows, more than anyone else. He knows the pain that comes in this life. So listen to his voice. And I know that even picking this up is hard for some of us. feels like a struggle. You can just read in one verse, it feels like a struggle. And if it is, then can I just help us for a moment as we close? Start by reminding yourself how much God loves you. Now you can go anywhere in this book and you will see Jesus speak to you, but start specifically. Remind yourself specifically. If you are in a storm, remind yourself of how much Jesus loves you. And here's why. Because the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. There we go. Perfect love casts out God's fear. Perfect love casts out or fear. God's demonstration of love for you is the way that your fears will be conquered. If you want to take this journey of moving from fear to faith, stop by listening to him. Stop by listening to how much he loves you. So folks, just look at your service sheet for the moment. The second bit down where it talks about shows you what text we're in this morning um, for the sermon. You'll see Luke, in there, which is where we've been this morning, you'll see a list of other scriptures. I encourage you, please take that sheet home with you. Read Ephesians 1, read Ephesians 2, read John chapter 3, John chapter 19, Romans 5, Romans 8, any of those scriptures, just take it home and read them. Read them slowly, memorize maybe key verses, underline them, meditate on them, and see in those verses the power and the authority of Jesus, and see in those verses how much he loves you. And ask God by his Spirit to help you to believe what you are reading as true, Brothers and sisters, let us listen to the voice of Jesus. Let us remind ourselves of who Jesus is and as we do, let us stare our faith in him. Stare our faith in Jesus. Our only hope in the midst of the storm. Jesus, we recognize just in our life how desperately we need you. Whether we feel that we're in the midst of a storm right now or not, we need you. And so we ask that you would come. By your spirit come and help. Lead us to hear your voice. Lead us to believe it is truth. Convince us of of your love for us. And as we see your love and move fear. Take us to a place of right faith, seeing you as the Lord of all, as the one who holds everything in control, the one who who everything must submit to. Help us to see you as the Lord of all. Fill our hearts with fear. Help us where we are weak, Holy Spirit. Meet us there. We pray. Give us everything that we need to pick up this book, to open it, and to read it. And we ask that you would change us the glory of Jesus. In His name we pray.